This is Post Credit Brews with Matt, Dave, and John. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And today's episode, we are going to be talking about Tenet. We had, we saw Tenet last weekend at uh, drive-in down at the Navy Yard in Philly. Yeah, so, three dudes going to a to a drive-in together. Hey, you know, <laughs> it was the first time I ever went to a drive-in. Yeah, me too. But, uh, you know, I, I think we've kind of talked about our thoughts on the movie. But, you know, I, I think the experience of going to the drive-in was pretty cool. And we're going to kind of get into that a little bit. It was an experience. You know, I, mm. I you, you see the drive-in on in movies from like from the yeah. past and i it, it's pretty much the same i mm-hmm. as i as i imagine it would be yeah i we we've talked about it a little i don't think tenet's the kind of movie that i would have expected to see in a drive-in and i don't think it's the type of movie that warrants seeing it in a drive-in but we were kind of limited with our abilities on how to see this movie right yeah so. like tenet like it's the first movie that's actually going into movie theaters since all the shutdowns mm-hmm. but that we're Still trying to be a little bit weary with everything that's going on still. So yeah, uh, this seemed like it was a nice viable option to see as opposed to like bootlegging it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it was fun. You know, I mean, we'll kind of reserve some of our thoughts on the movie until later. But I thought it was cool. Yeah, I, I had a fun time. Yeah, a little field trip. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this episode we're going to kind of talk about just going to the drive-in. We're going to talk about Christopher Nolan in general, and then we're just going to jump into the movie. So, uh, But before then, uh, Dave, do you want to introduce us to the beer we got on tap for today? Yeah, we're going to Yards Brewing Company. And this beer that I chose for us today, it's a little on the sour note just because of the significance of it, and it's a little poor, poorly managed when we were going to do it. But we're drinking the Big Haze E. 13 Hazy Double IPA. That's the, the Flyers beer named after, um, after one of their players. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like Yards. Yeah. It's, so. Yards is a good spot. Yeah. I figured it's it's not Kate May and it's not mm-hmm. some of the other ones that we keep doing every so Changing often. It up. So yeah. I figured just start to get the ball rolling before we hit the um the the October beers for mm-hmm. the, uh, the month of October. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we want to just jump into it yeah let's jump right into it yeah all right cheers cheers wake up while it's cold ladies but yeah as we mentioned we saw this at a drive-in down by the the navy yard and right behind the sports complex in philadelphia yeah i, I yeah. mean the navy yard is such a cool area mm-hmm. because it's it kind of feels like a little gated community once you go back there there's a lot of space back there i didn't i mean i i feel like at some point i was back there but yeah i was there new year's eve Mm-hmm. Stayed at a hotel there for we went to Xfinity Live for yeah. New Year's Eve. That's cool. But that's what the hotel was. It was there. It was literally like a three minute Uber ride to Xfinity. We yeah. probably could have walked not too far. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, I, I think overall, you know, I texted you guys. This is maybe like last week, and an ad came up on Facebook for you know they were just talking about how tenants playing at this drive-in, the Navy Yard, sponsored by the the Philadelphia Film Society. So. Uh yeah, I, th- I thought it would have been cool for us to see it. That's know? right. Shout out to the Philadelphia Film Society. That it was, it's cool. It was cool that they were able to get that going. I didn't expect something like a movie to the caliber of Tenet, like being brand new, th- that they were gonna do. I thought maybe they'd be playing some like Jaws. There's a couple of drive-ins that are pop up around us now, and they're playing like Jaws and yeah. some of those classic movies. And even, and even like theaters again, like AMC's and Regal. I mean, they're playing like classic like movies and they're playing stuff like you know this or new mutants is another movie that's out right now but really those two are the only like new releases they have to go on it's so they're playing a lot of these classics it was nice to see that a drive-in was able to play one of these new uh movies Mm -hmm. one of these newer ones yeah and like i said i mean i think sadly you know we kind of talked about this before the episode you know i'm glad we were able to see this movie but i I mean this movie really isn't bringing in that much money it's not Um, no and so. it's it's weird because like I was looking at the numbers today, worldwide it's at, at present it's making two hundred and seven million dollars. That's like the fifth highest grossing movie of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. And you think it's a certain other movies that are in that were in there too. Like I imagine Trolls is probably in there. Yeah, yeah, Trolls probably made that, that made decent amount of money this year. I'm trying to think of other movies. Maybe like we're. I mean, I didn't see the list, but like were some of the other ones like on demand things. Or? I didn't. I didn't look at, at that list yeah. uh, specifically. Maybe like Birds, well, of, Birds of Prey. Uh, maybe uh, you know, Bad, Bad Boys for Life probably is maybe one of the. Yeah, I'm not the way back. Be up there. 
Maybe um the I King of Staten Island. Maybe. Well, you know, I and that's a good. I completely forgot that like movies even came out this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, like back in like January, yeah. February, to be honest. Bad Boys for Life might be top. Birds of Prey is maybe up there. Well, January, yeah. February usually the Invisible dead. Or, Man. That's probably yeah, on there. It might be. Well, January and February usually dead months for movies anyway. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you look at it now, and it's like those are the only months this year. Pretty. That's much. what I was worried about Birds of Prey because when they when I heard that it was coming out in January, February, I was like. Ah, they really don't not put it on a pedestal, put it out like this time of year. Yeah, yeah. No one gives two shits. Yeah, I mean, it's a very short movie season, you know, for obvious reasons. But, you know, I mean, most people are kind of taking their content, whether it be like, you know, streaming on Netflix or, you know, renting the stuff on demand, you know, for a while back in like May and June. And even now, you know, you had those movies that were supposed to come to the theaters, but they're kind of coming on demand for you to rent. Right. So... And I, I think now that things are starting to open up more now, I wonder if you'll start seeing some more movies trying to trying to come in. Maybe doing this kind of setup, or, or even just going straight to a service. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if you'll be able to start seeing some more things coming out soon. Yeah, yeah, and and I I think that's a good point to bring up too, because we're obviously going to talk about Christopher Nolan, but I think that is like a director who like he doesn't want you to watch this movie on your phone. He doesn't want it. You know, you you to watch it on your laptop. Like he wants you to see this movie in the biggest screen possible. He probably didn't want to see that at a drive-in. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I do remember pulling up though and kind of being like, "This is a little small of a screen." It was I wasn't small, expecting it yeah. like to be massive, but yeah. Well, I, a couple of reasons why it was just a little little off for me. Well, one, it was a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and it was right after opening. Right after day. opening day, of the Eagles, and <laughs> I mean, I mean. Despite the Eagles just shitting the bed, that the whole day was just bad for me because mm-hmm. I told you guys before this I put a ten dollar bet in on every football game, mm-hmm. upsets yeah. and all that stuff. Got everything right except for the fucking Eagles. Yeah, and I yeah. could have won twenty three thousand dollars. They let you down. <laughs> I swear I'm never gonna bet the Eagles again. Yeah, like, I just can't trust them. It's bad luck. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the the driving. It was a nice little like fielded mm-hmm. area, and the screen was you no know, give or take. I mean, like, I I think that's my biggest complaint that everybody wasn't able to see everything. Yeah, and then you brought those other other factors too. Like, I wonder if, it, well, we we had some characters on the side of us, so I wonder if if it wasn't like the summer where we had the windows down. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe like that would have helped with the audio. Yeah, yeah, I I thought that was kind of cool though. How like you were able to control the audio, and like obviously this was a very loud movie. Um, so you kind of had those points where like when they were, it almost reminded me of like when, you know, when you watch a Blu-ray at home or something, a big movie like this on Blu-ray, you have those parts where it's like you, you know, the movie's so loud. So you, you, you turn it down and then you have those moments where they're talking and you got to turn the volume up. I don't know why I specifically, my mind goes to the dark Knight. I can remember watching the dark Knight on Blu-ray and just being like, all right, well I got to turn the volume up. And then there's big action sequences, you turn it down. But that was a cool aspect of it. But yeah, you're right, Dave. I think there were some like outside factors that kind of affected me watching this movie. Like, you know, when you're in a theater, it's dark, it's quiet. You're just kind of watching the movie. Whereas like here, it's like, you know, I'm sitting in my car watching it and I have conversations mm-hmm. going on on my left. And, you know, we had kind of brought it up like the person next to us, the, the people in front of them, their trunk was open so they couldn't see the screen. Yeah, we had a Karen to our right and then we had a bunch of stoners <laughs> to our left. Yeah, it was a nice mix. Yeah, but I, you brought up a great point though, Dave, because I remember maybe we were like a half hour into this movie, and you're just like, they haven't even given this movie five minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, they gave up on the movie, I think, before they even. There's, there's the scene in the movie, and they show it in the trailer where the one woman is like explaining like how like the you know the whole entropy, the bullet stuff works, mm-hmm. and like that was like a really pivotal scene, and they were talking through the whole thing, and then I think it was. Maybe ten minutes later, there's a scene where Michael Caine and I remember hearing them in the car to our left. They were just like, "What? Like, what the hell is going on?" Like they didn't, and yeah, it's like they didn't. I didn't even give the movie a chance. Well, that, yeah, but I mean, I think, you know, I guess when you go to a drive-in, you expect that stuff to happen, or you're kind of, you know, it's like you go to a movie and you expect to just sit and just watch it. I remember I looked over for you guys like, about maybe an hour into it. It was a long movie, like two, mm-hmm. two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like. These people like pay for this. They paid to come here and watch a movie, right? Yeah, right. They were. In... <laughs> I was a little concerned about some of the conversations they were having. Like they were talking mm-hmm. about like circumcision and all that kind of and some random ass shit. Mm-hmm. 
I wasn't the Do only you... one that heard the circumcision comments, was I? Did anyone else? I heard, I heard, I heard, it, I heard but, it. Yeah. It's natural lube. What an odd thing to say. Jesus Christ. Uh, There's, there are a couple of like child, <laughs> child abandonment. Like, Everything was on the table in that car next to us. Cobra, yeah. Cobra Kai fans. Uh, yeah. Charlie Coughlin, Charlie Coughlin fans, came up Lars a couple von, times. Lars von Trier was discussed yeah. in the car. I, you know, I was sitting there and I was like, these guys like movies. I was like, they don't like this movie, but they like movies. Well, they would be a fan of the podcast. But yeah, obviously, point, obviously yeah. yeah at one point you, they can't. I gave them our this. business card, so we might. They actually might be making a stop here in a few minutes, Dave. Oh, please don't, oh, please movie. don't tell me that. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they probably understand this movie just as much as we do. <laughs> this be- this beer came in a four pack. I don't got no- enough to pl- to serve anybody. <laughs> yeah, you got some claws in there. But you know, it's kind of like I think when you go to the movies. Like, one thing that always annoys me is, like, when people are on their phone, and it's, like, right in front of you, people are on your phone, whereas, like, here, it's, like, and conversations are annoying in, in that in general, but it's, like, yeah, like, I was kind of sitting there, and I was just, like, all right, like, I want to try and pay attention. I always like the, sitting and do the trailers, I always like watching the trailers on the on the big screen, mm-hmm. and when people would talk during it, I would get annoyed. We we got some cool trailers for this. We did, but yeah. We got, we got Wonder Woman, and then we got Dune. That was kind of. I wasn't even expecting trailers at all, to be honest. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect when we went to this. I know. And like I said, like the movie itself, we'll get into later. But like, I had fun. Like, I thought it was cool. Yeah. Simba, it's to die for. I don't think this was the type of movie. I don't think you go to see a Christopher Nolan movie at a drive-in. Know what I said would have been a good movie to see in the drive-in though, and I was thinking this, like King of Staten Island. Like that would. I mean, that was a long movie, but like I think that would have. Yeah. That's kind of what I would would have wanted to see. Um, I think like Bill and Ted Three is playing in the drive-in. Like that's a good drive-in movie, <laughs> right? New, so. New Mutants, I don't think would have been that bad to see to drive-in. That probably would have been good. Yeah, yeah. No, just like just rule of thumb, like you mm-hmm. don't laugh at a funeral. You don't Netflix and children the series finale of Game of Thrones. You don't see Christopher Nolan movies at a drive-in. Like yeah, yeah. It, the laundry list can go on. Yeah. I mean, with the Christopher Nolan movie, like, the entire movie, you're, like, sitting there preparing for, like, the test afterward, you know? It's I like, know. Right, like, this happened, this happened. And we'll get into Christopher Nolan, too. He's an interesting cat. He, Yeah, he's one of those directors, and I think I talked about it. We might have talked about it before. But I know I always bring up, like, for some reason, like, they just, they're, they, like, he's able to get, like, such massive budgets for, like, the movies he wants to make. And, like, mm-hmm. it's, outside of the Batman movies, like, he's not making, like, these, like, um, like comic book movies like it's all like original like content and the amount of money they give him to make these movies it's always just like he always gets a great return for it i mean i don't think he's getting a great return for this tenant but you know i think that's circumstantial too yeah 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 i think we had talked about i think we we talked about it a little john where i was like do you think if this actually came out in theaters without everything else going on this movie would have made a lot of money i think it probably would have i think it would have got a lot of people talking yeah, I mean, I think this is probably one of those movies where it would have stayed in theaters. Like, right now, it would probably still be in theaters if it came out, like, mid-July when it was supposed to. Um, I mean, he's kind of one of those directors, like a Spielberg, where it doesn't really matter what he's making. Like, his name just kind of gets you to go and, and see yeah. the movie. I think yeah. he's kind of established himself as that now. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of those type of movies that, if you watch it while you're stoned, it might be life-changing for you. To that, I say, all right, all right, all right. Maybe it would have made more sense. Or maybe you would have understood it better. Yeah. I think I would describe it as a mindfuck. It, re- it really... Mm-hmm. I put that up there with Inception as terms of a Christopher Nolan movie. See, my thing with Inception, though, is I remember even after I saw it, like, I wanted to see it again just for the stuff to make sense more. But, like, the movie made sense. Like, I kind of understood, all right, they're doing this whole, like, heist inside this guy's mind and things like that. Whereas with this, I'm just, like... Like, it's like I'm trying to piece together the movie, and I'm like, wait, like, this happened, and this happened? Like, did this happen because of that? Right. Um, and I find myself just getting more and more confused. But, I, I mean, I think with his movies, like, I think they kind of ask you to kind of watch them more than once. Um, Interstellar, when I saw it the first time, I really did, I didn't like it that much. And then I watched it a second time, and I was like, all right, this isn't bad, you know? And we talked about it right before you we went on air, like, the difference between Interstellar and and this movie is... I guess character development, like you, yeah, like you knew more about the mm-hmm. characters in the movie, and like, yeah, I was still trying to figure out people's names, like, with a half hour yeah. left in the movie, I was yeah. still trying to figure out, like, who is this again? What's his name? Yeah, I mean, John David Washington's character is just named protagonist. Like, there's no, you know, that was kind of stupid. So, I'm, yeah. I'm the protagonist. 
yeah. on the pretend. I thought it was kind of cool we didn't have a name, but they didn't have to yeah. keep shoehorning that in. Yeah, I mean, you really weren't connected to these characters in this, you know? Do you think John David Washington was a good pick to, to do this? I There were certain times in the movie where it kind of, like, took me out a little bit. But again, I think part of that just went with, like, they just... You didn't know enough about the characters. I thought he was good overall in the movie. There were a couple scenes where I was kind of like, this doesn't really feel like a Christopher Nolan movie as much. But I thought he was good. I think the late um, Chadwick Boseman would have done really well in, in this if mm-hmm. if he was around and was and was in line to do it. Doing stuff, yeah. He would have been good. Like if they were trying to get a black guy to lead it, Yeah, I think he'd be a great one. Yeah, yeah. He And, and again, like he was... I had no issues with John David Washington in this. Like I said, there were a couple parts where I was kind of like, it didn't feel like a Nolan movie as much, but I, he was good in it. You know? I was not a fan of like the dialogue. I mean, you talked earlier about how you had to watch a Christopher Nolan movie with the volume remote in your hand mm-hmm. because of certain scenes and stuff like that, yeah. where it would just progress. When the Hans Zimmer did like mm-hmm. his little, yeah, like, theatrical, you get like number a massive explosion. Like that. And yeah, then, yeah. You know, you have. But this movie was. Which, like took place in in Europe and London, and they had they had the thick British accent, and it just like they talk so slow and mumbled. And then mm-hmm. when you're in the drive-in and you hear and like all the other surrounding elements are in place, like it was really hard to really focus on what was being t- taking place on the screen. You have to turn it up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean that that's one of those things, and I think a lot you see that you see it primarily in these Christopher Nolan movies, but I think you see that in a lot of other blockbusters where you got to kind of. Like I said, turn the volume up a little bit. You ever but, notice that with commercials on TV, like you get the volume up super, super high mm-hmm. because it's like Game of Thrones and they're mumbling. And then when you go to the commercial break and it's like, you buy this car and it's just so loud. Yeah, yeah. You got to prepare yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I, think, uh, I think it's illegal. To, for I, I think a court ruled that's illegal to do. What? To, to raise the volume of advertisements on TV. Oh. I, I thought I read that somewhere. That's some heavy-duty conjecture. Yeah. I could be wrong. I mean, you I might see know. that being yeah. true. Yeah. But um, what do we think about Christopher Nolan? Like, what what are some movies of his that kind of stand out to us? Well, I like Memento. I never, I've only seen it once. I've never seen I, Memento. Yeah, the, the first Christopher Nolan movie I ever saw was Batman Begins. So I haven't seen, like, Memento or Insomnia or anything. So I've, se- I've seen them both. Insomnia, I remember not liking a ton, but I, I'd have to, I'd have to watch it again. I know it's Al Pacino mm-hmm. and Robin Williams in that. So it's, it's actually kind of kind of interesting. It's a good Me- cast. Yeah, Memento is good though, and it is definitely it's definitely like a lighter version of his the kinds mm-hmm. of movies he makes. It's with Guy Pierce, but it's definitely yeah. another one of those movies where it's you watch it the first time and you kind of piece together, and then you can watch it the mm-hmm. second with like a fuller understanding of like, yeah. what happened. Yeah, I think his breakout was a movie called following in 1998 mm-hmm. and i think from what i read it's i never saw it, but i think it's about a movie about a guy who wants to make a movie but winds up doing some i guess intel to like what he wants to make a movie about and he winds up in a crime underworld hmm. i okay. think that i think it's what the premise is yeah but i i like interstellar a lot it, yeah interstellar was i good. think a lot of people forget about that i think mm-hmm. i've only still seen it that one time we saw it in theaters yeah i have to watch it again you should I give still, it a rewatch yeah. i still have the poster they gave us when we went to the saw it at the theater i remember that yeah yeah it was in my was cool. I, I don't know if i still have it but yeah yeah i i mean for me i think inception's his his favorite you know his best movie in my opinion i remember even seeing it like that first time and then you kind of see it in repeated viewings and it's just I mean that movie's all over the place. But I it's think so I'm cool. going to stick with Interstellar just because I think Interstellar was so much easier to follow. Like mm-hmm. I could tell you what happened to it just from one viewing, but like we were mentioning earlier, Inception, you had to watch it a couple of times just to, I mm-hmm. guess, get the bearing chain and figure everything out. And I, and I, I guess that's the cool thing with these movies is people have different opinions because I was like kind of on the flip side where like Inception, I was confused after seeing it that first time, but like I kind of somewhat understood most of it. Whereas, like, Interstellar, I was just kind of, like, scratching my head a little bit at the end. I mean, Inception, like I said, I just think that's really cool. But, like, Interstellar, the one scene I I think is the coolest in that is uh, when they're on that uh, that one planet, that water planet. And, like, they're talking, they think, like, in the background it's mountains and they find out it's waves. Yeah. That's, like, the coolest scene in the yeah, movie, yeah. I think. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I like that scene a lot. He's really into the sci-fi stuff. And I was reading about mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan, too, and I... Was actually kind of intrigued to learn that he took a lot of influence from like the from Ridley Scott's work. Oh, really? You know, like Space Odyssey and yeah. Star Wars and 
Like, so imagine look look at the sums up that he's done. Mm-hmm. I you, you can't really put the Dark Knight into it, but like Inception, yeah, um, Interstellar, yeah, Tenet. Like he's really into like mm-hmm. the the space science, yeah, and even just all the the talk like thermodynamics mm-hmm. and and gravity and and pushing the limit on things. Mm-hmm. He's really into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, with him, he makes you think. Like, when you see his movies, like, he makes you kind of try and think and kind of, like, challenges his audience. Oh, yeah. He exp- rather than just spoon-feeding the whole movie to them. Yeah, he, he lets you expand your mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I think his movies, you can interpret them as more than one ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially Inception and Tenet. Like, you can take both of them and really have fun with it, with the imagination, with mm-hmm. how, how you portray it. Yeah. And, and again, I mean, this is all original content. Like, this isn't based off of anything, so it's all coming from him. But at the same time, I mean, I don't think even to discredit the Batman movies that he did, because I think all of those movies kind of like you feel like they could be occurring like now, you know, original content. So you're telling me Dunkirk wasn't based on Push by Sapphire? <laughs> it's the sequel to that, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's that's one of um Stefan's greatest Push like, thing, by Sa- Yeah. Things in in uh, the weekend update. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Do you guys like Dunkirk? I was going to say, Dunkirk's not my favorite from that him. That, like, disappointed yeah. me. I've never, I, I, I never seen Dunkirk. I mean, I, I respected what he did with it. It's kind of the whole, like, yeah. land, sea, and air. And it's like they're mm-hmm. all going on simultaneously. But I didn't... Yeah. I actually saw that movie on the IMAX screen at the Franklin Institute. Oh, really? That was actually... Yeah. That oh, was, okay. So it was actually kind of cool. Visually, I liked it a lot. But, yeah, the, the story, I wasn't... Crazy. And it's not that it was too hard to follow. I just didn't... Mm-hmm. I respected what he tried to do with it, but I wasn't crazy about well, it. Well, I'm, look, I'm looking at his list of movies that that I got off mm-hmm. of on the internet. And if, like, following Memento and The Prestige are not based off of historical events, Dunkirk's the only one that actually has some kind of, like, he had to, like, use, like, source material from. Yeah, based and, it off and we ju- And we just talked about how, like, a yeah. lot of his stuff, it's his own creation, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Have either of you guys seen I, The Prestige? I've yeah. never seen The Prestige. Is it good? I've seen it. I... I only saw it the one time I saw it in theaters. Oh, okay. But, I mean, again, I, mean, I saw it when I was pretty young. So I think it kind of confused me a little bit. But um, he works with great casts. Like, even yeah. just jumping from that, like Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman. And he, he it looks like he likes to, like, reuse actors a lot, too. You know, I think Michael Caine's in, like, every single one of his movies. Yeah. Michael Caine. Um, this one, though, I think it was just Michael Caine. And you brought up he worked with Kenneth Branagh and Dunkirk. Right, uh, but outside of that, I feel like he's using a pretty, pretty fresh cast here. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was cool seeing Robert Pattinson in this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked seeing him in this. He was, he was good. Yeah. I could also see him being somebody who he likes, like working with moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, Christopher Nolan, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. Mm-hmm. I liked Elizabeth Debicki. I thought was good in this. She was good. Yeah, you don't see her in a ton of stuff. She was pretty good in that movie Widows that came out like two years ago. And yeah. She's in the second Guardians of the Galaxy, but it, it was nice seeing her in mm-hmm. something, you know, like this. In this, yeah. Yeah, Tom Hardy, what else does he use? Uh, Tom Hardy, he uses a we lot. Saw Christian, a lot of movies of Christian Bale. Yeah, Christian Bale, Marion Cotillard was in a few. Right. Anne Hathaway was in a couple. So, yeah, I mean, he, you know, reuses casts and stuff. I One thing I thought, well, one to jump back to Dunkirk, one thing that I kind of liked with that movie, though, even though I didn't think it was the best, I thought it was kind of cool that, like, there wasn't, like, a main character in it. Like, you really weren't, like... And it, it was a war movie, but I kind of thought it was kind of cool how, like, you didn't really necessarily connect with, like, any single yeah. one character. I've heard reviews, and me not seeing this movie yet, mm-hmm. where they say that the coolest thing about this movie was the way they presented the title in the trailer. So I guess, mm-hmm. I guess like you guys are saying, it wasn't... Didn't it, meet its expectations it seemed, as much. It seemed like it was yeah. received really well. That's why I think part of it was probably I went into it with like you know Christopher Nolan doing like a war movie, and I think it got it got really good reviews if I'm not mistaken. Dunkirk, yeah, I mean I think it, it did. Like it was probably not it was nominated yeah. for a bunch of Oscars. It was. I mean that was the first best director nomination Christopher Nolan got. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I mean a lot so. a lot of people really really liked. So I guess I I went into it with mm-hmm. very high expectations, but yeah. It disappointed me a little bit, but again, I I would definitely watch it again. I've only seen it the one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me so. too. Does he have anything lined up? Like, what's next for him? 
I haven't heard that it's, he has anything coming you know, up. I was yeah. reading that, that, like, I think it took him six years to finally get, like, the script he wanted for this movie in Tenet. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was so, reading that. It took him, like, five over five yeah. years to write the screenplay. So I'm yeah. sure he has some kind of idea, mm-hmm. but probably nothing set. Yeah. And Tenet, got yeah. The, and Tenet got delayed three times because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I think he was so determined to release this movie. I think, and I think out. you're right. I, I don't think he would have let it release any other yeah. way than theaters. Yeah. No, it... One takeaway from this movie I had, and I don't, I don't, I think he's kind of done with doing franchises and stuff, but there were so many times during this movie where I was like, this, this felt like a James Bond movie. And I know, I, I remember reading in the past where like that was kind of like one of those like passions that he always wanted to do a James Bond movie. I got a little bit of a Mission Impossible vibe from this movie. Okay. Yeah. So like that like spy thriller type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just, that was kind of the vibe I was getting from it. And obviously you kind of had the, I don't even know if you want to call it science fiction. I don't even know what to describe it as. But you had those elements in this movie where it kind of like pulled me away from that James Bond. But like, you know, John David Washington kind of reminded me like a 007 type in this, which I thought was cool. It's like James Bond meets Ready Player Different. One vibe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I've, like I say, I've always heard he had wanted to do a James Bond movie. I, I, like I say, I think he's kind of done with doing franchises like Batman and he kind of wants to do his own original stuff, but... I did see that he was done with with Batman entirely. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. he came and said that recently. It's not true. That's impossible. Yeah, that was taken. Yeah, people shit on the Dark Knight Rises so much now. I mean, I I think I need to rewatch it, and I don't think I ever like held it as high as like Batman Begins or The Dark Knight. But I don't remember like hating it as much as like I'm hearing people hate it now. I had no problem with the it. People really don't good, like it. Like, I mean, I guess when you look at like some third movie. Yeah, like Rise of Skywalker, like I wasn't that crazy about. But yeah, like, I I don't view that kind of movie in the same way I view The Dark Knight Rises. Like I mm-hmm. still thought The Dark Knight Rises was like a satisfying ending to that trilogy. Like, well, I don't think Disney knows what they're doing with Star Wars to begin with. Like, yeah, yeah. except The Mandalorian. Like, they're yeah, they know what they're doing with that. So they, they made a movie called The Last Jedi, but they're going to be making three more of it. Just end it with the, just end it. Yeah, we don't need this much Star Wars. We really don't. Except The Mandalorian. Just give us like that. Well, that, that's a pre- that's a prequel. That's a prequel. That's a show. I, I was thinking, and I don't need another Star Wars movie. I really this don't. This is need very one. Christopher Nolan related right here. <laughs> but I was gonna say, The Mandalorian is like the the best thing Star Wars has done in a long while. I like The Force Awakens. I like Rogue One, and kind of everything after was just like right in the middle. You know, uh, Jar Jar Binks is probably the best thing that happened yeah. that Star Wars did. Well, Disney Plus is doing a new like daytime talk show with a uh, salacious crumb. Oh yeah, really? So is that going to be like a backdoor pilot from like uh, Earth to Net or? Yeah, I think it's like a spiritual. Pizza time. We're about due for a break right now, Mm -hmm. so why don't we fill up these beers? Sounds good. Want to be a pal? What do you drink? All right, guys, let's talk about the beer we're drinking today. It's the first draft big. Hazy, Hazy Double IPA from Yards Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. A little homage to the Flyers. You know, Kevin Hayes. Season didn't work out as well as we hoped, but we got this beer. Yeah, like I said earlier, really, this is a poorly timed beer. We probably should have reviewed this when we were actually like recording in the middle yeah. of the yeah of the round robin playoff yeah. games. But, you know, I, I saw it on, on the shelf. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? We got to try it. And, you know... I don't hate it. Yeah, I, I kind of like some mm-hmm. of like the hazier stuff, and I, I think this is actually pretty good. It's yeah. definitely strong. Yeah, it's a super strong beer, weighing in eight point seven percent alcohol. Mm-hmm. It kind, it kind of tastes like a Guinness a little bit. You guys getting any kind of like Guinness vibes from this? I get a strong vibe from it. I, I haven't had a Guinness in a while. I just remember not liking it, so I didn't drink it. You know, what <laughs> reminds me of that. It reminds me when we reviewed the Baby Bob. Okay. Yeah, a little like uh, it was. That almost tastes like a stout. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got a little bit of a stouty taste to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a, this it, small batch series, so is this going to be like a limited time thing, or what's going I on? I think it's supposed to be a limited time thing, yeah. Yeah, well, they probably would have been sold out if the Flyers kept going. Right. But the can's uh, pretty basic. Nice, simple can. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's got that, that cream, that cream, like, Phillies uh, day game jersey kind of color with the yeah. with the or- orange around to sniffing it with the flyers. Uh, there's not much description. I actually had to look up something to say mm-hmm. about it. 
see more about it. Big Hazy is a hazy double IPA that explodes through the offensive zone with orange and tropical fruit. What kind of tropical fruit are you tasting in this? I'm getting strawberry. I'm getting kiwi. I'm get, man, I'm getting a big hit of kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> you set yourself up for that. That's us now, right? Yeah, it's the like, ranch. <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to, to get. Is it, is it like like mang- mango or? Let me give it a. Give yeah, it a try. I do, really don't get like any fruit or like floral anything uh, like that from it. Oh wait, look, here's the ingredients on it. So it it's like an IPA. Here's the ingredients. It says Amarillo, Bravo, Yucatan, and Chinook hops. I don't think so. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna find out what fruits in this now. I have to know. Maybe it is kiwi. What if it was kiwi? Oh my god, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> it was mango. I was right. Oh, okay. Good job. With orange, mango, and rich tropical fruit. So I guess it's like, like a mixture of tropical mm. fruits. I don't okay. Know. It's, it's pretty bitter. I mean, for an IPA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's got a little bit of a bitter aftertaste. Yeah. This beauty of a beer is superbly balanced and pours a bright, hazy orange color. I wouldn't even know that. Unless I poured into a glass. That's true. Drinking it from the can. So, mm-hmm. you know what? I, I'll say before we sign off, this would be a, a very good beer to drink down at Xfinity Live. Yeah. Like I can imagine myself just kind of enjoying like this is a good game day beer. Yeah. Yeah. Could you see yourself tailgating with this? I don't know about tailgating. I think you'd have like two of these, and you'd be on top of the Eagles bus down there. You know. Oh, Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna miss tailgating this year. I just saw they're not gonna allow tailgating down at the games. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what that looks like after this. Yeah, I don't know. But that, like tailgating for me, that's like you, you get your Coors Light, your Bud Light, your Rolling Rocks, stuff like that. Your light beer. You, yeah. you might be able to like you, you throw crushers, one of these yeah. in in there, but like I mean, you can't make this your entire tailgate. Yeah, you you, you couldn't shotgun a a big hazy. I mean, you could. (laughs) Challenge accepted. I don't know if I would encourage it. I think the one time I saw someone shotgunning a winter warmer. Oh, Down there. Are they alive? I hope (laughs) it was a... Like, I hope it was like an Eagles game in, like, December and not, like, a Phillies game in the middle of August. (laughs) And it was was room temperature, too, right? Oh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, Yeah, it was from the back of someone's car. What a... (laughs) Has anyone ever requested any, like, stouts or milk oatmeal stouts on here? We actually haven't gotten any actual requests yet from beers. Yeah. I mean, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should kind of try and feel it out and see what people are requesting, you know? Yeah. Or if anyone has any requests for us to do. We could put a post out. I mean, like, we we try to, every day, at the end of our episode, we usually do say, like, mm-hmm. any recommendations, let us know. Yeah. Yeah, we should do that. See what people say. Yeah. I said I'm all for it. Once things get back up and running, I think we should do mm-hmm. a brew tour. I'd be up for that. Get business cards made for that. Get the get the brew crew walk around yeah. different breweries. But yeah, I mean I think if, if somebody recommended a an oatmeal stout in our you know in our beer conversation, stout. I would have it. He just brought up oatmeal stout. Oatmeal stout. He was saying have we ever we never reviewed an oatmeal stout. But I'm saying if we get the fans to say, try this, we would try it. We'd have to. It's not my kind of beer, but like we would no, try it. No, we'd have it. to, yeah. Yeah. I mean, pumpkin beer is not my thing, but we're, we're going to review it. We're going to, yeah. And that's another thing, too. If you listen to this before, this is going up before October. October, we're doing nothing but pumpkin beers. We're going to be searching. Local, so. local pumpkin beers. <laughs> we're doing it. It's my favorite indie band. <laughs> local pumpkin beers oh <laughs> uh, the wheels are coming off alright yeah. boys so we got a grading scale here for Scudder Brews on a scale of 1 to 5 1 being shitty and 5 being good what would you rate the Big Hazy I'd give it a 3 I'd give it a 3.5 yeah, yeah I, was, I think I'd get like 3.5 mm-hmm. I, I think it's pretty good yeah I think as far as like IPAs I think there's a few others that I would go to before I jump to this, but you're not gonna find it in a keg anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah. And like like we always say, uh 
And like we always say, don't drink and drive. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to. Be responsible. You're not even supposed to be like going out, out drinking it. Like you're supposed to be inside mm-hmm. quarantine. Like what the hell are you doing? And if you are going out, be creative like us and see a movie to drive in. You know? And that's we forgot to bring beer to that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the movie would have made more sense if we had beer. <laughs> I don't know. Enough cannabis uh, coming over from the other car. Yeah. Uh, there was there, there was different scents coming from over there, yeah. You just kept hearing that light. It was like every like 10 minutes I just heard that lighter going off. What's that haunting aroma? The Flyers definitely looked like they played drinking a couple of these mm-hmm. when they got eliminated by the, the Islanders. Maybe they shotgunned a few before. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe not Kevin Hayes, but like... The front line, and, and you can't blame Carter Hart, but like, they they really didn't show up for that the game that counted. It was disappointing. Eh, we'll get him next time. That's what I said. Welcome back to Post Credit Brews with Matt and Dave. All right, so we talked about Christopher Nolan and his films. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much more we could really talk about regarding that. You just want to just jump into the movie? Yeah, sure. And it, it seems like it's gotten some positive reviews. IMDb gave it a 7.9. Mm-hmm. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 73. Metacritic yeah. gave it 69%. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's gotten, it's definitely like gaining positive traction, and mm-hmm. it kind of fits in line with, uh, with what Christopher Nolan is known for yeah yeah so i'm i'm definitely want to rewatch it again just mm-hmm. to make sure that anything that we said isn't like our final really opinion on it you know what i mean yeah the stuff makes i think sense. it deserves a second shot yeah and i think you know ideally i think this would have been a better episode if we had seen this movie maybe you know a couple times after when we had seen it on sunday night but yeah i mean again i mean christopher nolan like his movies kind of make you think and they, you really kind of got to be paying attention during them. And a lot of times I just found myself watching this movie being like, you know, is this going to connect with this? And does this connect with this? And, it, you know, you, you really kind of had to think of like, what exactly do I need to be paying attention to in the moment? But yeah, I mean, overall, like premise wise. And again, like guys, please like jump in if I'm kind of misrepresenting this. But like, I think the overall premise is, and this is a spoiler heavy too. So if you haven't seen Tenet, I don't know why you're still even listening to this. Uh, <laughs> Just leave. But yeah. Um, so John David Washington, it looks like he's on this like big job. And the opening is pretty cool to this movie, him in like, the opera house and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I, I guess he's kind of, um, he gets like captured or something like that. But it turns out it's really like a test for him. So it's like they test him out to see if he's going to rat on his like team and then he doesn't, and then he gets recruited to this team called Tenet, which I guess they kind of are able to kind of see like stuff like reversing in time and things like this. And you brought up the bullets in the trailer, John, and that kind of seems to kind of open it up to the entire rest of the movie. I think it's basically like whatever he does in the beginning, the mission goes wrong. He thinks he dies and mm-hmm. the rest of his team lives, but it's really the rest of his team got killed. He's the only one that lived. Yeah, like that, uh, that's one of those things where I think you probably understand it better after mm-hmm. you rewatch it a after few times. After you see it, yeah. But yeah, no. Then he gets recruited into the, yeah into the whole tenant, and you know the movie kind of goes from there. There's the scene they kind of showed in the trailer where the one, you know, woman or doctor or whatever is kind of explaining like the bullets, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of where the movie picks up. It's talking about the whole like I think it's called, they call it, like entropy. Okay. Kind of what it's basically called. Yeah. And I think this is the part that really caught my attention more than anything. Well, the helicopter, the 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 plane heist was mm-hmm. a, was a really cool scene. That was a cool scene. But yeah. like the whole aspect of like you can shoot somebody, and then like the the bullets can be like brought back, mm-hmm. or is that, is that am I saying that right? I again, I mean, I I need to see this movie again to kind of make understand it better. Like, was it? More so, like, when they would go back in time or when they would use whatever that machine was, like, they would be moving forward, but everything else was moving backward. It Do I have like, that it right? Like, so... It seemed like they, they could go back in time and, like, move out of the way of bullets. Yeah. But it almost... And the way the trailer made it seem was, like, it's almost like they're kind of moving and rewind, like, being rewound. 
But like when I was watching the movie, I was like, no, like they're still able to move forward in time, but everything else is moving backward. I, did I have that right, John? I think basically. So I think pretty much like, so you know, you have that scene. I guess with you know the scene with the bullets, and it's the whole idea of like I guess yeah, you know, you're moving forward in time, and these people I guess are you know coming back. But it's like if, if you're going back to that time, you have to be in the all, all the whole same movements you were in because you're basically like catching that bullet. Mm-hmm. It's basically what it was. So, you, you know, you you still need to be, I guess, aware of, of everything that happened. Um, I know there's the scene where Robert Pattinson, you know, they were going down the hallway. It's the same scene with the bullets. And, and John David Washington's fighting the one guy who I think was like a genuine like villain. And then you see Robert Pattinson early on in the movie. He's fighting this guard, and he just throws him to the side. Mm-hmm. And then you realize when the movie's at the end, once that is, you know, climax, that that person was John David Washington, you know, moving backwards in time. And it's, you know, it's revealed in the end of the movie that Robert Pattinson was someone that John David Washington's character had, you know, recruited. So, like, yeah. it's, it's those little things you can kind of pick up on. But, I mean, you really need to see the movie again to understand it and the way that nolan kind of played that scene out was it was basically in the beginning you saw robert pattinson just kind of throw that guard to the side and then nothing else you know the editing it quickly cut back to john david washington so in my mind that was something where i was like all right that's probably going to tie in somewhere later something's gonna happen with that yeah and the whole thing is like the whole like machine that's able to do this i guess is it kenneth branagh kind of has access to it right yeah, I think is that where he's the bad guy. I think his yeah. whole. I think it starts out. I think they were talking about like plutonium or something mm. early on, but it was basically like I guess he was kind of like abusing like the technology. I think he was pretty much the only person that understood like fully how to use it, what you could do. Yeah, yeah. and they had to. They were trying to you know obviously mm. take it from him. Yeah, and I guess the whole thing Elizabeth Debicki. So he's she is his wife. And something with a painting, like that was the only way I was able to connect Michael Caine with this movie. Was he, was he like an art dealer or something? And like he had to get this painting for Elizabeth Debicki. Is that John David Washington? Was that? I, th- I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they knew the wife was probably how John David Washington could get to mm-hmm. Kenneth Branagh's character. But I, yeah, the people in the car to the left of us were talking a lot in that scene with Michael Caine. That's, <laughs> I, you know. I mean, it was the only scene he was in in the entire movie, so right, I was kind of. I, it almost felt like that was like John David Washington's way into like this art world, um, and the painting kind of played into it. I guess that was kind of some connection she had with Kenneth Branagh, or something. Mm, like I he was kind of using it to like manipulate her. I believe. So. I, I think I know the other thing too was like the sun. Like I think he, he was Kenneth Branagh knew he could use. I yeah. think that was kind of his only chance to have the sun, and obviously Elizabeth the Biggie's character cared mm-hmm. for the sun, so I think he kind of like kept that over her. Yeah, yeah. I think like the. The heist at the beginning is was it the protagonist was in that and then he gets knocked out and wakes up and he's just he's part of this this private team called Tenant now. That's is that kind of what the idea yeah, is? Yeah, I think the whole thing was it was almost like they tried to make it seem like he like died and then came back to life. Um, I know he tasted this but, pill, some kind of pill, but mm-hmm. it's it it was uh, yeah it was, it was like a fake pill or. Yeah, and I think it was more of, like, a test for him, just to be like, all right, are you going to, like, give up, like, your entire team? Like, are you going to kind of tell us, like, who you are, like, and kind of um, almost expose everyone else that you were working with? And he chooses not to, and it's almost like they make it seem like, all right, well, like, he died, but really it was almost like this test of, like, all right, can we trust this guy? Like, this guy is, like, actually, like, a really genuine person okay. who we want on this, you know, on this mission, so. Yeah, like it. Just from, from getting and, to the end, I was so confused. And that's a good point. It definitely reminds me of like a Mission Impossible type thing. There were a mm-hmm. lot of like James Bond elements, but like I could see that being, yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, that, that, I, I think that whole idea is what kind of like formed my opinion about that. Yeah. That was more like, like it reminded mm-hmm. me of a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. And I mean, just to jump to the cast, I mean, we, we talked about a lot of them. I thought Elizabeth Debicki, she was definitely really good in it. Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh was a little over the top for me in this movie. There were a few scenes where I was kind of like, but he felt like a Bond villain. Like he, you know. Yeah. He did. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, yeah, there were a few moments where he was a little too, like, overly aggressive. I was like, he's overdoing it a little bit. We talked briefly about it, too. Pattinson was pretty good in this. I, I kept thinking he was going to be a bad guy. Like, the whole movie, was I was waiting like, for there. I was like, he's going to turn on. I, that end scene, when they're all kind of, like, standing in the desert, like John David Washington, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Robert Pattinson, 
I felt like he was going to turn on them somehow. That was a cringeworthy conversation. I think I told you guys right after the movie, too. Just kept going. Yeah. It just, like, all right, let's go. Today, Junior! And I think it's going to it's gonna make more sense in repeated viewings, but I remember just, like, kind of sitting there and being like, I knew I knew that red flag that Pattinson had, like, was some significance. Yeah. That was the whole thing. I think it was, like, the red and the blue was, like, I think... When you had the two teams, like the red would move forward and the blue would move back, mm-hmm. or it was some, and I think it seems kind of like matrixy, like yeah, good, yeah, a little bit matrixy, yeah, yeah. the red and blue pill, yeah, I mean, kind of far fetched, but like you know, like the mm-hmm. idea that you know you got you got to choose which side you're wrong on, and yeah, yeah, the car scene when they're trying to get the plutonium was really cool. Mm-hmm. I like that when they were he was jumping on the fire truck and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was cool that it was when that he was... went back, like he was in that car that like had flipped. Oh yeah, and... that flipped. Yeah. yeah, I mean that showed it in the trailer a lot too. Like that was him. The car that was flipping was him as he was like going backwards. Mm-hmm. And like I said the 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 plane scene when they had to go into they had to break the codes and go into each different sector mm-hmm. of the plane to get to get to the end. But it's the all next. yeah. You had to hold their breath because it's all like get uh, the gas smoke and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, when they were that in that was cool. art exhibit type thing. I was really yeah. surprised the movie didn't circle back to the opera house. I, I, thought I, that I was, was fully cool expecting movie. that to be the end. I thought that was going to be the ending. And yeah. I, I think I liked the ending a little bit more. I thought it was kind of cool, the whole like desert thing, and mm. they were going back. But and How far back in time was that? The desert? Probably not. I would think maybe not too far. Not too far. Like back. I said, okay. I, I was even just in the moment the movie opened with yeah. the opera house. I was like, we're coming back to this scene. I like, kept thinking, be how yeah. it ends. That was, that was a, a really cool opening scene. I think the um, op, they, like the opera crowd had just being frozen. I think that's where I was confused. Like, yeah, what? They, they really didn't like. Exp- yeah, I didn't understand explain that. that. It's like, yeah, they're just like, like are, did they put are, them all? Are, to are sleep they dead? Or? Like, what is going on? I mean, they they were dead. Yeah. They fucking exploded, but yeah, they were sitting there for a good like. 10 minutes like before that <laughs> they were sitting there they were sitting there for a good 10 minutes just frozen like what the yeah. hell is going on yeah i think that's right the, the confusion really like started for me was mm-hmm. like I, i'm guessing that like that was one, one of like those those moments they they went back in time so i guess they were i guess planting the seeds to let the thing explode mm-hmm. yeah and because this whole movie is about them trying to prevent world war three mm-hmm. the whole thing yeah yeah so i, I think I, I'm starting to get the the broader idea of, of of it. So they go back in time and plant little seeds here and there to prevent things from happening. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. So like, with with the bullets, like they go back in time and they move to the left when the bullets go into the right. Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of like the analogy I'm, I want to try yeah, to, to make yeah. to I, make it I, seem. I right. think one of the points the movie kept making was like, if you're going back. You got to be in that certain spot because the bullet's going to be coming back at you. You got to be if you're the one that shot that bullet, you have to be in that certain spot yeah. to catch it. And somehow, like, I don't know, maybe I, I could be completely misrepresenting this, but like, wasn't there a whole thing where it's like, like yeah, with like the bullets, like they had a ton of these weapons that were like moving like back in time or like reversing all. And, and I think you know, I'm thinking more about it. I know in that scene where he was with you know the one woman, the, the scientist yeah. early on, it was kind of like she kind of had explained to him, it's like you're. It's like you're the bullet is being shot, but the way from your perspective, you're catching it. Mm-hmm. It's like the bullet's moving forward, but you're moving back, or yeah. you know, you're staying put. Like, yeah, I mean, gives you a lot to think about. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of like what other scenes, like the car chase scene for sure, I thought was really cool. Wasn't there a scene on on a yacht that was supposed to be good? That that there was a scene on a yacht. Yeah, I, I guess. Oh, you he, know, it's 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 when it's when she turns on him. Yeah, that was like toward the end, um, and even that, I guess she went back in the machine or something and kind of. I think she did. did. She had been yeah. shot, so I think mm-hmm. she had. Like, I think they. The only reason that I think they could help save her was to put her through that. Yeah. In that, yeah. Ugh. Like I said, it gives you a lot to think about. Yeah, um, like we're, we're we're kind of like just maybe we'll revisit this. I don't know. Maybe after like a repeated viewing, we'll do like a special or something. A look back. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
I, I want to see it again. Where do you think it'll wind up? Do you think it'll wind up on like HBO or I, Netflix? In the long, I mean, probably in a couple months, it'll be on HBO Max. Yeah. I see. I think this is the type of movie. Like, I think Christopher Nolan's gonna want this as a re-release. Really? Like, I think Maybe. he's gonna definitely try. Like, I don't think this is getting well, released on Blu-ray until it can actually get like an actual like audience. That, yeah, that's something we kind of hit on. But like, I, I think domestically, this movie's only made like twenty-six, twenty-seven million dollars, yeah. which like. Even if that was the opening week, and that's like after two weeks, if that was the opening weekend for this movie, that would be like a major disappointment. That'd be really, yeah. I mean, this movie, if this movie opened, I know we kind of talked about like, do we think it would have made money? Like, it definitely would have made like a hundred million or above. You think opening, opening weekend? weekend? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I de- it would have come close. I don't know what it would have, what it would have been against. Yeah, what was it? Com- it's competition. I'm trying to think. Like, I think that that Jungle Cruise movie I think came out maybe the week later. Okay. Um. The Ryan Reynolds Free Guy movie would have been out like two weeks before. It's crazy to think about the movies that we. You know like, what? This Black Widow. This came, I think this came gotten, out. Yeah. So I think this came out the same week. This is going to come out the same weekend as Morbius. Really? Yeah, I don't think that would. I mean, I don't think that would have been too too much of competition. But Morbius would have budged. I bet that would have probably came out like probably, early August. Yeah, probably. It, it could have been a competition with Peter Rabbit to the Runaway. Like that, that's gone delayed again. I heard. Are we going to allow this? Are we going to stand for this? They might have shut me up for just a little while. But let me tell you, they've awoken a monster. Now Joe Exotic's pissed off. It's a shame. We all wanted to see that. We would have done an episode on that, I'm sure. Peter Rabbit. <laughs> the Runaway. It, uh, sa- it says 2021 film on Google. Peter Rabbit to The Runaway. Margot Robbie's in it. Rose Byrne, Daisy Ridley. James Cohen. Is Daisy Ridley in the sequel? I don't think so. But, I mean, like we said, it is crazy to think about all these movies that, like, Black Widow, we're supposed to get that, like, four or five months ago. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what. I think it was supposed to come out the first weekend in May. Were we supposed to get Godzilla Kong? That got pushed back anyway, though, right? Yeah, I think that was like gonna come out the end of May, and then I think they moved it to November, and then now it's yeah, it's probably not November anymore. Because I think I mean I think the latest is Wonder Woman two, is now mm-hmm. delayed to like December. Yeah, I think we're getting to a point where movie theaters are just gonna be like it's not worth it. Well, I think some of the biggest things, and I think that's what's hurt Tenet so much, is that I think the markets in New York and Los Angeles still aren't open. Mm-hmm. And they said like almost it's almost as if the if those two markets can't be open, it's not worth theaters being open at all. Yeah, well, that's a great point. Yeah, because I mean, you think about when you see these commercials for these movies, and it's like opening New York, L.A., and then that's usually two weeks before it opens where we get it. But I think it's a positive sign that this got released and it's mm-hmm. being shown, and it's there's different platforms for it to be shown. Yeah. So I I think we're heading into the the right direction. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're going to be doing, dealing with this for maybe another year. Yeah. I'm thinking like fall 2021, we might be getting back to like the, the normal swing of things because mm-hmm. we we have to get back to normal at some point. Yeah. I, I think we will. I don't, I, I don't, I, do I don't think, think society can function like this anymore. Yeah. Well, that, that's it's a one, lot. It's one thing I will say was it was nice to see a movie like this on like a bigger screen that wasn't, you know, an iPad or a t or like you know a TV at home. Like it was mm-hmm. nice to get out and see you know a movie like this again that we would have seen in theaters. And that's why I think the yeah. theaters are going to be. I I think they're going to struggle, but I, I think they'll eventually come back around. It's, you know, it's the big production. We talked about this in the future of TV. It's mm-hmm. the big production aspect. It's going out, leaving the house, and and seeing on the big screen. Yeah, there's people like myself that just go just on the big screen and watch it. That's the one time they they watch a movie. Mm-hmm. They don't go buy it or on, on DVD or anything like that. Watch it again. Yeah. But it was a cool experience all yeah, around. I, I think it was cool. I mean, I'm trying to, again, I mean, I think it's kind of sad because I don't think we're going to get a lot of movies are kind of like being, like, keep shifting that release date, obviously, like we said with Wonder Woman. So, I mean, I don't know how many more chances we're going to get to be able to see a movie in a drive-in like this. But right. I would definitely go again. Oh, absolutely. And while we're at it, just. I like to just take a minute and just give a shout out to the Philadelphia Film Society for hosting that. That was pretty cool. It was cool. Yeah, I mean, cool that we came across that. This is, you know, I mean, obviously it's a big blockbuster, but at the same time, like it's kind of one of those like art housey movies too that you could, you know, you would expect the Philadelphia Film Society to really kind of endorse. Yeah, so it was cool. 
and you know they're kind of like like a local theater i, I guess you could say and mm-hmm. they're they're doing everything they can to mm-hmm. keep everything going so they have the drive-in yeah actually pulled up the schedule right now mm-hmm. they're now showing for the drive-in theater down at the navy yard nice and they're, they're showing tenant and tenant and tenant that's probably the worst time to be promoting because all they're showing is tenant are they do you think they'll show peter rabbit too I don't think so. No. No. That is blasphemous. But you know, it's cool that they, they have this thing called the virtual theater. So I guess they're doing some kind of streaming. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just seeing, reading more about it now. Okay. Cool. So they have like a virtual theater and I think they're showing all like indie movies. Mm-hmm. So that might be a cool, cool, a cool way just to go in and, and is still that like explore. online. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a cool way to go out and explore and, and check out some of the different films and stuff like that. Cool. So yeah, check out the, Definitely go and check out the uh, Philadelphia Film Society. You can check out their website, filmadelphia.org. That's a pretty unique website. Mm-hmm. Pretty basic. Film, F-I-L-M, yeah. Adelphia.com. Check them out. Drive-in virtual theater. Support your local businesses. Support your mm-hmm. local movie theaters because without them, we can't be doing these podcasts. Yeah. And all moviegoers, we we love this shit, you know? And I think a lot of those small chains, too, I've kind of seen with, um, you know, we'll give a shout-out to, like, the Ambler Theater and stuff like that, too. Where they're doing that like virtual theater type thing, where like you can see some of these like indie movies online. You know, you pay for it a little bit, but yeah, um, you know, support. Like I said, support them just because you know this has been a pretty big struggle. I'm seeing a lot of these like like you said, the, the Philadelphia Film Society, the Amper Theater. Like they're mm-hmm. they're trying with the with these drive-ins. It's mm-hmm. I never thought I'd see myself going to a drive-in theater. Yeah, but you know what? It, it was an experience. That's that, cool. Chalk up was an experience, yeah. and it's something to do. Like it's you're getting mm-hmm. out. And yeah. you're being safe while you're doing it too, so it's. I think it's a great option. Mm-hmm. I know last month we saw Back to the Future outside. That was pretty cool. Right? How yeah, was that? that was cool. I I missed it on that. It was fun. I yeah, liked it, was, it. It was good. It was with the Ambler Theater, so like they they sponsored it and everything. So, um, yeah. I mean, it it was cool. It was fun. It really wasn't that crowded. No. Yeah. Um, no, but obviously, you know, they took all measures to like make sure it was socially distant and all this stuff, and it was um, it was a fun time. And it's a cool way to see like movies you know classic movies like that on you know a bigger screen like i, I like that you know i've seen like jaws at some of the events these kinds of theaters have hosted and i definitely back to the future is definitely one of those top movies that i would have come to my mind as yeah something i would have wanted to have seen on a big screen it. yeah i'm looking or to the amber theater i guess their next outdoor cinema series they're doing Willy wonka and the chocolate factory that's oh, another that's cool. good one to do yeah. okay and they they also have a, a virtual theater too so Check out the um, Philadelphia Film Society, filmadelphia.org. Check out Amber Theater at ambertheater.org. And, and that's just two of the vast variety of other theaters that are out there and still trying to do this thing, too. Yeah. Especially with the, even the big chains, too, like Regal AMC. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's trying. Yeah. We're going to get through this. I have, I have, I have full, I'm fully confident that we're going to. Oh, that's the spirit. It's a, this, is a, this is a nice little episode. It's cool. It was, it was cool to be back. In kind of the swing of, of things like this, you know, obviously, like, like we we got a little giddy when we heard about this because mm-hmm. the same giddiness that we had with the, the King's Town, something new, something fresh, yeah, something that we don't, we weren't expect we weren't expecting anything from. But this is the first like thing we actually went out and saw, yeah, since the way back, yeah, which was good. Everyone should check that movie out. The way back, yeah, check it over back episode two. It's funny about that episode two. That's we found out that the NBA shut down. Mm-hmm. Throwing that episode, and then they, Tom Hanks got COVID. Once Tom Hanks got COVID, and Rudy Gobert got COVID from mm-hmm. from the basketball, the whole world just shut down. Uh, it's crazy to think. Yeah. But we did. But we didn't shut down, and we're still active. Still going. We're gonna try to do some more things. Mm-hmm. Our social media is always up there: Facebook, Instagram. We're getting into the meme game. We're posting a lot more memes now, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. Yeah. Great news, everybody. Like I mentioned earlier, we're now on Amazon Music. Excellent. Another platform. We're also on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Google. I'm still waiting to hear back from Pandora and SiriusXM. I really want to get SiriusXM on our side. That would be big. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. Sure. If you have any beer recommendations, any movie recommendations, TV show recommendations, mm. just uh, shoot us a DM. Like we're definitely, we all want to yeah. learn. We, we all, we want 
your input. What would be an entertaining show for you? Because we're just going to keep doing things that we like. Yeah, I mean, let us know. I mean, if there's something specifically where you want us to kind of watch or if things, test if, out. If what we're doing sucks or whatnot, like, just yeah. give us some feedback. T- tell us our beer reviews suck. I mean, like mm-hmm. we've had people come tell us. Like, yeah. we're, we're working on it. It's you a know? big criticism. I mean, <laughs> again, we we definitely have a bigger appreciation for movies than we do with beer. <laughs> so just work with us, okay? <laughs> we're trying to make them as fun as we can. And we, we appreciate the constructive criticism. But If you want to come on and talk with us, again, let us know. We'd be more than happy to have some guests on, too. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, this is Postcode of Brews. I'm Dave. I'm Matt. And I'm John. Thanks for listening.